Above180.com, taking your bowling game to the next level. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews and coaching to drilling layouts. Now, from Washington, D.C. and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us today is 32-time PBA champion Parker Bone III. Had a chance, Joey and myself did, to talk to Parker at the 2011 Bowl Expo. So want to begin that interview. Uh, we're going to pick it up right, actually, where Joey and Parker are discussing some of the latest bowling balls and the latest pieces coming up by Brunswick that you have to go and take a look at. Also, you want to find out more about Parker, go to parkerbone.com, parkerbone.com. Also, make sure you check out more information from uh, more podcasts from us on the Above180.com website. But right now, let's get to Parker Bone the third. Did you ever look at the roll pattern or the coloration of the ball's roll pattern due to the silver coloring in there, giving you a visual that you like to see? I think everybody has that. With different colored bowling balls, yeah. you know, it, the color of a ball, as much as you want to say it doesn't make a whole lot of difference, it does. Don't get me wrong, pretty is one thing, but how a ball looks and rolls is another. If you have your color or your color uh, configuration in a way that your ball looks like it's lobing going down the lane, or it looks like an egg rolling down the lane, it's not very conducive. It might still go through the pins, but your eyes, the way that they're trained to see that ball pick up and change direction, are not conducive to what you're you're looking for. Right. So if the ball gives you the right look visually, sometimes you know it's going to work for your game. Well, yeah. If you can if you can see a ball visually pick up and move. You might drill another one, honestly, because now all of a sudden there's no two balls that are going to come out exactly the same when you start adding some pearlization to it and some swirl and you add you know, more than one color to it. A solid is a solid, but when you start adding more than one color to a ball, there's no two that are going to come out the same. Well, all of a sudden when you start drilling it just a little bit differently or the dark blotch or let's say like you were just talking, the silver content comes into a little bit of a swirl in a different way, all of a sudden, wow, I mean, you got the Mac Daddy, a ball goes down it picks up it rolls it revs up it goes through the pins and you're going i got a home run right right you know? so you may draw two three four five or one particular ball until you see the visual you want or just the way it picks up or, or usually for me when i see a ball rolling down a lane i can tell uh, i'll say give it a game or two where i convincingly know that this ball is going to be the right ball for me one way or the other you know and when i say that i, I will back up and say that there's times that i've thrown half a dozen shots with certain balls and gotten rid of that particular one just because it didn't roll right you know now i may drill another one exactly like it and it'll roll like a champ but for some reason some way shape or form and it could literally come down to me the way that i worked the ball out well parker bone doesn't like that one but i fell in love with this one you know now the third ball in our line that we haven't touched upon yet is our massive damage it's, uh, it's actually somewhat relatively a pretty blue ball in comparison oh, yeah. to the other ones. Yeah, but the yeah. great thing that I love about that ball, I think that ball is absolutely astonishing for house condition. It kind of reminded me a little bit 
of the Absolute Inferno, but maybe a little cleaner through the front and mid lane, a little stronger off the spot, but by no means flippy. Is that kind of what you saw out of it or not? It, it's not going to be flippy unless the lane is hooking. Right. Definitely not a ball. Well, I don't want to say definitely. Every ball's got a possibility to be used on any condition, but more than likely, it's not going to be a ball that you're going to use in a lot of oil. So kind of a benchmark okay. ball for you on a, it's a medium it's a, pattern? Yep. Yep. It really is. It's a very, very controlling ball that will allow you to keep your angles, I don't want to say really shut down, but you can keep them shut down. But more importantly, you will have a very controllable break point with a ball of this nature. Yeah. It's not going to be too snap happy. And uh, if you're bowling on most house conditions where the scores are high, I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, I watched my wife bowl at the U.S. Open this week, and, and she put one in, in her hand, ladies' U.S. Open, so that we get that clarified correctly. Right. Even though she could compete against the man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she can. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, she uh, she went out and, and she had her, her massive damage in her hand, and she had two of them, one of which was questionable because every time we thought it was the go-to, ready to step up to that next one, you could see it visually. It wasn't rolling right. It wasn't picking up properly for her on the lane. The ball still made a move, but it wasn't the right move. Now, is that something move. you saw and told her or something she saw? It's she, not always easy when you're the bowler, it, whereas when you're 10 feet, 20 feet back, it's a different perspective. Oh, yeah. It's extremely hard for any bowler to see that at the foul line. Right. And, and that's where, you know, for the bowlers that are especially going to be listening to our, our interview here, uh, folks, you need to really rely on your pro shop operator or another good bowler on your team that's got eyes literally standing 20 or 30 feet behind you. Uh, they can watch your ball do something that, you know, you can't see it because you're on top of it. Now, I mean, as a, as a top PBA professional, I mean, there are times that I don't notice my ball doing that. But there's a lot of times where I can see my ball doing either the right thing or the wrong thing, mainly by the way that my ball goes through the pins. And that's what I'm looking for, depending on how my ball goes through the pins. And once you really learn that through hundreds of games slash hundreds of bowling balls along the way, your eye starts to pick up on those things a little bit more. And, and that's a big separation between the top players in the world and okay. and relatively decent scratch bowlers at home. Now, you bowled PBA Tour events for how many years? I've been on tour now for 26 years. Okay. And, and we know you love the sport. It, it's in your heart. Mm -hmm. It's a passion for you. Um, how much do you think instinct plays a part? I mean, we know you have the burning desire and confidence in your ability, but, but how much is there an intrinsic value that you have that separates you from other good bowlers? I mean, 32 titles, Parker. <laughs> it's not four titles or six titles, but 32 titles. Is there some element that you think you have in your game that other bowlers maybe haven't developed yet or have in their game? Well, I think, you know, confidence goes a long, long way. Uh, and, and when I say that, you have to have confidence and believe in yourself. Uh, and the best definition of that, to be honest with you, anybody can look at Carolyn Doran Ballard, and, and God knows she's my good friend, and I love her to death. But when you watch Carolyn Doran Ballard bowl, you look at her ball and you're going, how's this lady won 10 times? And then you need to step back, look in the mirror and go, no, I'm sorry, she hasn't won 10. She's won 20 times. Yeah. Okay? Sure. And where you really need to take a step back is look at her and go, I don't know that she's really that great of a bowler, but she will eat you up and spit sure. you out in confidence. Okay? There is nobody when they step on a lane that has more confidence than Carolyn Doran Ballard. And Walter Ray might be equivalent to her. Norm Duke might be equivalent to her. Obviously, Pete Weber and, and another 10 or 20 PBA Super 
superstars all put in that category. But she is the ultimate definition of confidence when she steps on lanes. And, and as a top player, you know, back to myself, you need to have confidence. Instinctively, yes. When you see something that you believe is going on in the lanes, instinctively, you better take a chance. Because if you do take the chance and it's right, you know what? More times than not, you're going to come out on top. There's been once or twice that I've made that wrong decision. And, okay, I'm, sure. I don't want to say the definition of what I was when it was all said and done. But I was packing up and leaving and somebody else was still playing. You know, and I was speaking to your wife about this as well. You know, your confidence level, okay, you try and keep it up better at as high a level as it can be. And I said, hasn't Parker ever really been crushed or, or felt like he sucks because he's run through a rough period where he hasn't cashed in a while and, and you start questioning your own abilities? You know, because everyone goes through ups and downs, mm -hmm. but Peaks some athletes valleys. respond quicker and, and don't let it get to them and others, it shatters them and they fall apart. But you must have had some periods over 26 years where you've questioned your abilities or have you always had enough confidence that you'd find a way to succeed or, or at least cash it or win a tournament? I, every bowler goes through peaks and valleys. I don't care what level you play at. And when I say that, I'll start at the top PBA players in the world to the average Joe League bowler, okay? But what you have to look at is what are you really trying to measure things on? And when I say that, first I'm going to look at lanes are easy. Is my pocket percentage high? Okay, if my pocket percentage is high, then I obviously I'm understanding the lane. Now, if my carry percentage is not high, then I better look at my bowling bag and figure out one of the other balls that's going to allow me to strike. Right. Okay. When the when the men and ladies, it doesn't matter who they are, if they're averaging 230 or 40 a game, it's not a trick to get to the pocket. Mm. You're gonna have six bowling balls in your bag. Five of them are gonna get to the pocket pretty good. Only one is gonna be a little bit more outstanding and give you that superior look that you're looking for. And it may not be one of the six in your bag. Okay, it may be a different ball that you have. Right? Yes, unfortunately. Yeah. But but a lot of the bowling balls in your bag are going to get to the pocket at that time. Now, on the flip side of the coin, you're bowling the U.S. Open or you're bowling in an extremely demanding condition. Now, the best way to judge your game, one, how much are you controlling the pocket? Okay, because control is a big issue at that point. But number two, or more importantly, is how is your spare game adding up? Okay, spares make the difference on our sport at any level it's played on. Bowlers, boys, girls, men's and ladies, I don't care who you are. You want to become a better player than you currently are? You've got to learn how to fill frames. And if you don't learn how to fill frames, you know what? You're giving pins away to the Wolves. In my opinion, the Wolves are all the opponents out there you're bowling against. Yeah, I'll tell you that. That's, that's great advice, and uh, I mean, these are the things why Tim and I started this website is to gain insights and, and honesty from bowlers like you, you know, and, and your lovely wife Leslie, uh, and just try and pick your brain a little bit so we can kind of help bowlers who are trying to get to that next level get there. And, and these are insights that only you can give. I mean, I mean, you're you're gonna forever go down in time, you know, an ABC Hall of Famer, USBC Hall of Famer, PBA Hall of Famer. I mean, you're, you're a special person. I mean, I mean that from my heart. Well, I just try to do the best I can each time I get on the lanes. You know, uh, I practice to try to make my game perfect. And 
by no means I'm saying this at one time I was ranked number one in the world I know that currently I am not you know but I don't believe that my shoes are getting ready to be hung up in a closet forget forget about Parker Bone I think he's still a player and still a factor but more importantly when I was ranked number one in the world I did not throw a strike every ball so I doubt that any one of your listeners can throw a strike every ball so therefore you have to make spares spares is they literally are the most integral part of our sport that most people seem to forget a lot of bowlers go out and practice and what do they do after they don't strike on a first ball they press the reset button because they don't want to shoot the spare why they're too good for that spare <laughs> bowlers when you learn how to make 100 out of 100 of that five pin stand at the other end then i'll say you can hit that reset button i've watched two of the greatest bowlers in the world and the two players and i'm not going to mention their names but both of them were pba players of the year Okay, I watched two of these great champions miss five pins on national TV that one of them cost him bowling the, uh, the final match for the title. And the other player that missed the five pin back in one of the years, and I'm not going to mention it once again, but it cost him winning the title of the PBA Tournament of Champions. He missed a five pin in the seventh frame of the title match. A five pin. And that's routine spare for any bowler at any level. Parker, I want to touch on uh, some of the unique stuff you're doing to help kids and help grow the sport of bowling and some of the unique ways that you yourself are trying to get back to our sport that we love. Well, I, I mean, between exhibitions and appearances, I do all around the world, uh, basically all year round. And they're not just limited to our country. I've been to many, many other different countries, too. But uh, about 10 or 12 years ago, I was approached to write an instructional book. And we entitled the instructional book called How to Master the Game by Parker Bone III, yours truly. So, uh, But it, it's a, the only 8x10 fully colored instructional book that's out on the market today. You can flip through the pages. There's colored pictures to back up all the words. There's words to back up all the pictures that you would entitle. Uh, there's different chapters in the book. How to build your shot, going from basically the back of the approach to the foul line. Any bowler at any age needs to learn how to get up there consistently. When you get to the foul line, post it. If you post it, you can read your ball and understand what it's going to do after that. But there's other chapters along the way, and one of the big chapters is, like we were just talking about, there's a whole chapter devoted on just shooting spares. And speaking about posting the shot, that's probably one of Parker's hallmarks, is you've posted the shot pretty well for the last almost 30 years, and, and it's not just to look good, I mean, it's, it's effective. It, You're going to hit your target more consistently. Yes, you can. When you post it, you know, let's look at us as bowlers, as uh, gymnasts we've watched on TV. You, you're sitting at home, you watch a gymnast, they do all their somersaults and go through their entire routine, regardless whether they're on uh, uneven bars or they're on uh, rings that are hanging. When they come down and they land on the floor, they land solid and they stick two hands in the air. Well, as a bowler, we land solid at the foul line on one foot, hold your position, and then gracefully you stand up on both of your feet and your hands are in the air. If you fall off that shot at the foul line, you're not going to release it consistently every time. And on that note, you listeners may one day become a PBA champion, just like Parker Bowen. Thank you, Parker. Well, thank you. If there's something else that you need, folks, honestly, if you go check our website, Parker, or email me, Parker, at ParkerBone.com, or check our website, ParkerBone.com, you can find our instructional book there or a couple of other different places. But you, too, can rise to the next occasion. Just pay attention and listen to what your pro shop 
shop operator or your local coach will tell you. Good luck. And a big thank you to Parker Bone III for taking some time, him and his lovely wife, Leslie. Uh, it really was a treat talking to them and just seeing how kind and genuine and how knowledgeable Parker is on bowling. And again, for more information on Parker, check out parkerbone.com. Uh, you can get the uh, children's book that Parker talked about. It's up there. And also uh, lots of other great, neat stuff to find out about. Uh, really one of the truly uh, PBA members that is a icon of the sport and someone who uh, we all just followed and, and grew up watching as a kid. So again, for Tim Berg, Joey Sawar, uh, that's going to do it for this podcast. Uh, wishing you good luck and good bowling.